Hello and welcome into the Nittany Gritty podcast brought to you by New Amendment. I am your host, John Sauber, joined by Penn State men's basketball legend Tim Frazier. And uh, Tim, I know I usually ask you how you're doing right now, but uh, I think we we might need to dive straight into this because this is yeah. it's been a it's been a wild couple of weeks. Uh, I've spent a lot of time on the road and uh, don't think I'm gonna get any days off anytime soon. No, it's crazy. Uh, I, I, it, when you think about stuff that goes on, like you, we talk about the basketball piece, but then boom, there's a bomb that gets dropped on the on the program, and we're trying to figure out now. It's now now it's like which way do we go? Which way do we go? It's, um, but that's just life, and you know things come around all the time, and you have to adjust to them and make di- different decisions on what's going to be the best way for you know. Right now, the biggest thing is which way. What's the best way for the program to go? And but we can't get past the fact of what these guys did in this past couple of weeks and how they've represented the, the the school, the team, the program, and everybody and the alums as well. Man, that nothing but props and thank you to these guys for what they did this season. Yeah, and I think that's a good place to get into the X's and O's of, of what mm-hmm. we saw uh, over those last couple of weeks, right? Because it's been a bit since we recorded. There's a, a right. lot has happened on the court specifically and, of course, off the court in the last, like, 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but Penn State goes on a run to the Big Ten title game uh, in, in the Big Ten tournament against Purdue, almost wins that game, then wins uh, the first NCAA tournament game in, for the program in 22 years. Uh, just... I mean, I, I know it's it's a lot to kind of take in at once, but I think we can talk about the Big Ten tournament as a whole first. Mm-hmm. That was some of the best basketball I've seen from this program since I, you know, I, I followed it when I was a kid, and then I started covering the team. Obviously, that's some of the best basketball that I've seen, you know, since essentially you played in, with mm-hmm. Taylor in like 2011, right? Like this was right. the highest level. These guys were playing consistently. They were playing well. They were playing together. Um, that carried into the NCAA tournament, right? Like you could see it against Texas A&M. You could see it in a game against Texas. And I know, again, this might, this is, it's a lot to take in, but they lost to a Texas team that is, I don't know, the fifth best team in the country. And if they shoot anywhere close to how they normally do from three, they win that game. Like this yeah. was a group that was peaking at the right time and was was coming together and was was showing that, frankly, it was a top 15 to 20 team in the country. Yeah. And hey. And it brings me back to what I, when we first started, you know, shooting episodes and uh, back in, you know, November, December. And like I wanted to say that, hey, we were we were so hard on the guys right then and there about a loss here and a win there. It was like, well, we wanted the biggest goal at the end of the season is to be the hottest team and be the best team you could be when it counts. And when it counts is in March. And they went into the Big Ten tournament knowing that, hey, you know, I mean, they were on the bubble. We needed, you know. We were pretty much thought they were in because obviously they had just beat Maryland at home and we were like, hey, what are we going to do? But now they go into the tournament and they say, hey, we're not satisfied. They go, they win the, the first one, win the second one and go in and say, hey, we just make it to the title game. And just like you said, it reminded me as I'm watching it each night, like these guys are, are, are winning these games and coming back to the hotel and fans are there at the hotel cheering. It literally reminded me exactly how it happened for us in, in 2011 with, you know, obviously with the team, team with Taylor, Jeff Brooks, Drew Jones. Andrew Jackson, all those guys as well, and myself. And it was the exact same thing. We fight, we win big games, games we're not supposed to win, and crazy outtakes like, you know, what they what those guys did is where they just shot a ton of threes and went crazy. But it was one game where we hit a lot of threes as well. And then you get to the Big Ten tournament game and we kind of just run out of gas. But I think they did a better job. And then, like I said, I think they had a chance to win the game against Purdue. Obviously, you playing against the National Player of the Year with Edie, and it was tough, but... Um, they were the hottest team in the in the Big Ten at the moment. 
and and it trans like you said it translated over and it continued to keep going on to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, no, I mean this this is a team that was at its at its best when it needed to be at its best, right? And it goes back to I remember in I, listen, you and I expressed some concern throughout the season, right? Like, yeah. you know, there were losses that that were worrisome for us, but I don't know that either of us was ever out on this team. Uh, I remember when they lost to Rutgers in January, the one that was on the road, and it, like people were really overreacting to it. We we're like, listen, it's a road loss in January; they happen. This is not when you want to be playing your best, anyways. Um, you're right, though. Like, this was the this was one of the best Penn State teams in February and March that I've ever seen. One of the be- like they were they were absolutely rolling. They had everything going in their their favor, um, and they were they were playing together in such a way that you could tell. So in the at the NCAA tournament, we have open locker rooms. Right, the media is allowed in uh, to the locker room on the two off days and on the game days after the game after there's like a cooling off period. And you can tell there was like they, they were relaxed, right? And they were confident in themselves and they knew uh, they knew how good they were playing and they knew how good they could be. Uh, and it's funny, like I think, you know, big picture, all of us will look back at this season as one of the best in program history, um, as them exceeding expectations, playing incredibly well. Uh, but in the postgame locker room, as you would expect, they were disappointed, right? Like they thought they could beat Texas and they're right by the way they could have beaten Texas they very nearly did beat Texas um but but they they were dejected I know Jalen Pickett blamed himself and and honestly like they were where they were because of Pickett uh right he carried them that whole way it seems like he was a little bit tired down uh at the end of the season but you know they they have nothing to to be ashamed of with that performance against again Texas is it was a top five that is not a two seed that's like oh how are they a two seed that's a two seed that could easily be a one seed and that I think could win the national title, right? And they were they were playing incredibly well. They got everything they wanted. Shots just didn't fall. Texas made some really difficult shots. And, you know, the mood in the locker room, I, I feel most for guys like Miles Dredd and Seth Lundy. I mean, I feel for all the seniors whose careers are coming to an end, but yeah. those guys who put so much sweat equity into this program, right? Like it was there. I, I wrote after the game that, you know, it's different for them than it is like Pickett, Funk and Winter, like those three guys, like Pickett, yes, was here two years, so he was a little more familiar. Uh, Funk and Winter, it was like one year. They 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 both said how much they loved Penn State, and how much it meant to them, even though it was only a year. But the only schools that Dread and Lundy knew, the only school that Dread and Lundy knew was Penn State, right? And I remember walking off. You're walking off the court. Like I made sure to get into the tunnel because you want to see all this unfolding to to yeah, add yeah. color to the story. And you see Miles like his walking back, and he like he drops down to to like a crouch and just starts like bawling and like you know it's it was it was one of those like i don't want to like helpless is not the right word but it's, it was one of those cries like you could tell he was just so overcome with emotion and everything yeah. and micah shrewsbury stopped to console him and and like it was uh i mean it was tough right like i like to think i'm an empathetic person you get to know these guys uh it's not my job i, I say this all the time it's not my job to root for them to for you know to root for penn state basketball or anything but you get to know people and you want to see people that you get to know and, and enjoy being around, you want to see them succeed. So it's it's tough to see, you know, those guys have that down moment. And I, I remember right before I left the open locker room after the loss to Texas, uh, the one question I was asking everyone is just, what are you feeling right now? Right? Like, I know it's a basic question, but it, I think it gets at the core of what this means to people. And Miles, uh, the, the first thing he said was, I'm just happy to have been here. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that is, that says a lot, right? Like, for all of the ups and downs, all of his struggles with everything to like at the end of the day, he was just happy to have gotten to spend time at Penn state and have been there for five years and be a part of the program. And 
you can tell it means the world to him. You could tell it means the world to Lundy. Even even Pickett, like Funk and Winter, care deeply about Penn State. I think, and we can talk yeah. about it later. There's some proof of that and what they want for the program moving forward. But this was like it was it was an incredibly emotional experience for those guys. Uh, it was. I mean, they they achieved more than I think anyone expected this year. Uh, mm-hmm. To pat us on the back, I think there was some potential yeah. Sweet Sixteen talk uh, on here. Had they, uh, you know, and honestly, like it was there for the taking too. Like it, mm-hmm. it was right on the precipice. And I said to someone, like uh, I can't remember who we, we were talking prior to the Texas game. I was like, if they win this game, I think they're going to make the Final Four, right? Because Xavier doesn't scare you like Texas does. Mm-hmm. I think Texas is better than Houston. And so, like, if they beat Texas, then like, what's in the way of it? And then it turns into like a really special run. Uh, they have one of the best players in the country in Pickett. They play it at you know incredibly efficient level uh just i think at the end of the day there, there's a lot to talk about with like how they played and everything but the main takeaway to me and, and i said this to someone in the locker room was like if you're talking after that loss to those guys about the loss itself and like the game and what happened i think you're kind of missing the point of, of sports yeah. in general right like it was about what it meant to those guys and what they were feeling and what they were going through at that time and it, i you know i i've never experienced something like that you can obviously speak to that but like that closure in a negative way almost right like you're you're like miles said he's happy to have been there but at the end of the day only two teams in the country really end the season with a win yep right like it's the nit champ and the ncaa champ like and that's it like and so you don't get that positive ending usually and i I thought it was you know they were they were all really enlightening in the things that they said but i couldn't help but feel for those guys for all the you know the blood sweat and tears they put into it and have it and with them playing well against an elite team and and just coming up slightly short yeah, it, huge. And you, you said it all correctly. Um, the feelings and the emotions, you know, obviously are going to feel that much different for the seniors because they can't come back next year. And I, and I, and I bring it back to 2011 when we went to the tournament. I was a sophomore, uh, you know, and a lot of the teams, every, all the, a lot of the players, especially the players that played, they were all seniors. They were, that was, you could tell their emotion was so much different than mine. You know, for me, I was like, okay, man, Let's, what what do I have to do to get back here? Like I, you know, I obviously I was super upset. You know, obviously the emotion of the upset of of losing. You know, obviously hate to bring it up. Juan Fernandez hitting the game when a shot on me. You know, like yeah, 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 like that type of stuff. Like you, that's the that's flowing through my mind. But never the the, the part to where like hey, that was it. Like that was it. Like I will never be able to put on a Penn State uniform again. And, you know, and I think that's just a, a different emotion for these guys, especially because you, you talk about Lundy and Dredd about everything they've been through as far as coaching changes, as far as the ups and downs, the bad seasons, the, the amazing season they had today, the different roles they've had to have throughout their four, four or five year careers. It's just you all that stuff just weighing on you now. And then on top of it off, you you feel the the not regret, but like the disappointment because the they could have won the game. Yeah, the what ifs and the disappointment because they could have won the game. Like you start looking at it like, hey, if I make that three here, if I get that defensive rebound here, if I take this charge here, you start to all that stuff starts to replay in your mind. But at the end of the day, like you said, he's just man, I'm just so happy to be here. It just shows the type of person these that he is, and it shows the type of t- person that the players are. They were so built this year. They were so bought into the program. And I think that's credit to Coach Shrewsbury as well about what he's done. They were everybody was so bought in, especially the main core guys were so bought into what they wanted to achieve throughout the loss to Rutgers, throughout the loss to Wisconsin. They were able to somehow get back together and fight their way back, and, and you know have an amazing, uh, amazing season. Obviously, you, who doesn't want to win a national championship? But I think you know, what I mean, I, 
I'm not sure if they believe that. I think the, the goal was to make the NCAA tournament and they achieved that. And when they made it to the NCAA tournament, they was like, hey, let's make some noise. And they did that. You think about that first game against AM, Funk hitting all these threes from everywhere. The noise was made. Pickett, you know, obviously uh, All-American. All the noise was made. People, They did what we wanted them, both of us, that we wanted them to do, man. They put Penn State on the map. And now you're starting to see a lot of people talk about Penn State. Now you see a lot about, you know, obviously the Shrewsbury stuff that's going on and that, that has happened is that I, I can't say enough about how thankful I am for these guys and what they've done and, and by uh, continuing to, you know, change the, change the, change what, not the legacy, but just change what it means to be Penn State basketball. Because everyone, you think about Penn State, you think about football. There's a basketball there too. There's great players that come out of there and there's great, you know, runs that guys have had. And, and that stuff needs to be recognized. And I, I'm glad that these guys were able to do it and achieve something, achieve what they've achieved and to help put Penn State basketball to a new, trying to take us to a new level. And out of job now, which is, you know, I mean, it will be tough when you know which way we go is to continue that. And you have yeah. to continue that. You have to be able to, just, no, you can't like get a little taste here and then now we go back to the bottom. We have to continue to say, hey, I want this. And the guys that are there that have witnessed this, that went to the tournament, they got to have that urge and that feeling to say, hey, I want to get back here. What do I need to do? They should be in the gym right now for all I care to get right back, to get ready to say, hey, it, we, you know, we got to the second round. Why not next year? Why can't we make the Sweet 16? Yeah, and, and I think it's important. You know, I'm glad we took the time to celebrate those guys, right, because they deserve yeah. it. But, and this is a good time to get into the scouting report of what comes next, uh, because what comes next is pretty messy, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it could go any which way possible, right? And we'll talk into the details of how this happened when we get to Word on Campus later, but Micah Shrewsbury is not the head coach anymore, right? He took a seven-year uh, deal with Notre Dame um, to become the head coach of the Fighting Irish, head home, back home to Indiana. Uh, there are six seniors, I believe, departing the roster. There are two players already in the transfer portal, and Dallian Johnson and Caleb Dorsey, who, uh, as far as I know, that was not Shrewsbury-related. They were likely to head into the transfer portal regardless. I don't think that that was going to be impacted either way. Um, but there are guys on this team and there are recruits coming in that were tied to Shrewsbury, right? Uh, I mean, I think it's, I don't think I'm breaking any news here. Braden Shrewsbury is probably going to go to Notre Dame, right? Like <laughs> he is not going to go to Penn State. But Logan Imes was Braden's teammate on the AAU circuit, is from Indiana. I would not be surprised if he ends up at Notre Dame, right? And so that's two thirds of your recruiting class. So then you have to keep Kerry Booth, which. I don't think anyone kind of knows which direction that's going to go yet. We'll see when the hire gets made. So already you're down to one incoming recruit, right? You're losing six seniors. You lost two players to the portal. That's eight. That's yeah. eight guys gone, and you have one coming in, right? That is – it's a lot of turnover. And then you have this past year's freshman class, right? Jameel Brown, I, I don't know what his decision is yet. I mean, I'm sure he is going to take time to think through it and figure out based on, you know, who gets hired and everything. But he came to Penn State because of Micah Shrewsbury. He was originally committed to Purdue because of Micah and then followed him to Penn State, right? Like, it was uh, – I think that was – you know, I was told that at the time. and It seemed to be true when, when he decided to flip to Penn State. Uh, right. Keba Jai and Evan Mahaffey are Midwest guys who, again, put their faith in Micah. Uh, Kanye Clary, I think there's a little less uh, clarity there on, on what he wants and, and what he would do. Um, same with Demetrius Lilly. I, I did talk to Kanye in the postgame locker room after they lost to Texas. And one of the things he said was like, and this, again, this was before Micah left. So I don't want to hold, you know, a, a kid to these words, but it is something he told me. And I think it's important for the context here that 
seeing what the seniors contributed, seeing what Miles and Seth did, made him want to like change the narrative, like you mentioned, around Penn State basketball, right? He said no one thinks about it as a basketball school. He wants to change that. Uh, Evan Mahaffey said, and, and he was, you know, he didn't bring up specifically like Penn State or anything, but he said when the freshman class came in, they wanted to win a national championship at Penn State, right? Like they, mm-hmm. they really believed in themselves to that extent. Um, we'll see what happens with those guys. None of them have entered the portal yet. None of them have announced a decision. As far as I know, none of them have, none of them have, have made a decision. But it wouldn't be surprising if a few of them leave too. And then suddenly you go from eight guys gone to maybe 10 or 11. And you have one guy coming in. And so I, I think, you know, it's tough to talk about who's who's coming back and like what the roster gonna, is going to look like. So I think this is probably the best time to talk about who it's going to be and who's going to be leading the program moving forward, uh, because that's what's going to decide all of this. Right. I put out a story today on, on SenateDaily.com, like uh, listing some candidates that, you know, some names I had heard, some candidates that I know would be good candidates. Like there's a mix of both in the list. Right. Because it is yeah. it's early in the search, like. I think they are going to be pretty thorough with it. Um, but the amount of money that was being offered to Micah Shrewsbury, which I was told was over $4 million a year, which was well over double his previous salary, uh, which was sub $2 million from from what I know. Uh, I If they're willing to put that money into men's basketball, into the head coach, and they were willing to make other concessions too, by the way, is from what I know, the program was ready to really invest in men's basketball and make Micah Shrewsbury the face of a program that they wanted to turn into a real competitor moving forward, right? The goal was not going to be make the NCAA tournament three times in 23 years, 22 years, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. The goal was going to be consistently make the NCAA tournament, make Sweet 16s, make Elite 8s, make this a real basketball program. We've seen, I always talk about, I think basketball more so than football. If you just invest in it, you can turn yourself into a national power, right? Look at where some of these schools are located, right? Like Wisconsin was a nobody in the 90s and suddenly like is a consistent NCAA tournament team. Uh, you can make that happen in in college basketball, men's and women's, say if you just invest in it. And I think that's the case here. Uh, I just want to, you know, rattle through some candidates that, that, you know, I have heard, like I said, I think would make sense. That there are two internal ones, though, I think that are important to talk about first because yes. those are the guys that they're the best chance of keeping this together. What is currently yeah. there, they're the best keeping chance of keeping this team together. together. Right, and keeping those freshmen together. And that's Adam Fisher and that's Mike Fairley, right? Uh, mm-hmm. If I had to guess... Fisher is more of a priority for Penn State in the search than Fairley at this point. He's been at Penn State a long time. Uh, he graduated from Penn State. He was a student manager in the early 2000s. Like he, he was an assistant coach at Miami for six years. He was the associate head coach the last two years. Players adore Fish, right? Like they, they yeah, talk he was about there when him. I was there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was the – I think he was the video coordinator maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like he – players adore Fish. Like he is I've, – I've only had positive interactions with him. Uh, you know, he is an excellent recruiter. He was responsible for a lot of the him and him and Fairley especially were responsible for a lot of the important scouts for big matchups this year. Uh, and, you know, Fish is really well regarded, as you can tell, by Funk, Winner, uh, Dread and Pick, I believe, all tweeting that he should be hired as the next guy. And and I so I'm always conflicted on this. I'll be curious to hear what you think of this. I I would almost never, unless I'm hyper confident and the the guy internally has done it before, I'm almost never pro make the internal hire right away, right? I don't think making the internal hire is the wrong decision, but I think they need to conduct a full search first, right? And they need to try and get outside candidates and then, you know, weigh them against Fish and how good he is, weigh them against Fairley and how good he is. Because I do think both of those guys would succeed in this role and will be successful head coaches someday, but... 
I want to make sure if I'm running this search that I'm getting the best candidate, not the best internal candidate, not the best external candidate. I'm getting the best candidate. And you kind of don't know if Fish is the best candidate or Fairly's the best candidate until you talk to other guys and see if they're ready to, to make this leap or if you can get, you know, a high someone who's done it at an insanely high level already and bring them in. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I totally agree. If if they're serious about, like you said, about changing what the dynamic of Penn State basketball is, um, you have to do your research. You have to do your due, due diligence on what you're trying to do and who you're trying to bring in. Because right now, you have a team right now that is on its way up, playing well. You know, they, they, they like, like I just said, they've made a name. People understand, hey, Penn State basketball, the threes, the All-Americans, the, the, the beat at A&M to take Texas down to the wire. It's hot right now. The job is hot. The players are hot. And right now, it, the only way you really want to go is to go up. And the only way to do that is to be able to do your research and do everything that is do everything possible to make sure you get the right choice. That's not saying that that internally, like you said, is not the right choice because, you know, obviously I, I know Fisher and I'll, and I'll vouch for him. He was great when I was there. He knows his stuff. He's, he can talk to he can talk to, to to players as well. You know, like you said, all these guys are vouching for him because they relate, it can relate to him. He's been in the struggle. He's been there. He's been at Penn State for forever. I'm not saying that he's he he's the right candidate or he's the wrong candidate, but you have to do your research if you're serious about it. And I think a biggest thing, and I think fans that you know, I mean, fans right now feel like, are we really serious about it? Because right now, for just for them to see Michael leave, they a lot of fans and a lot of people are saying, hey, Penn State, the 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 top, they don't really care about it. They're riding this wave to whatever like that. If they really wanted to make it happen, they would have made it happen. And and that goes in everywhere. We don't understand what's going on because even in the NBA, we never know behind the scenes what went down, what was the choices, what was the reasons. Um, but I, I do believe if you want to take this to this next step, it has to be done the right way. There is no rush to it. You don't know who you can go get. You know what I mean? It could be somebody that you can go get that might that you never know. They might be intrigued by what Mike has done and you might be able to go get someone. So you really don't know. So you really have to do your due diligence of what you want to do and really if you really want to change the program, you have to do it. You have to put the money into it. You have to change things. You have to continue to add to this program. You can't sit there and say, hey, this is the program that went to the tournament in 2011 and now it's the programs that went in 2022, 23. Like, you know what I mean? It has to be something that you have to add on to it to make this program some something special that continues to rise up. Because right now, you know, we're here. We go up to the top. We go back down. We, we're here in this way. We go back up. We go back down. So, to be something that is is consistent, it has to be the right person, the right things, and we have to be able to we have to be able to recruit the NIL, the best coach, and to be able to keep some of the guys you know that are there because they've been there, and you have to keep guys that have been there. They've been to the, they've been around campus. They they they've been through to the tournament two two games in the tournament. They've been around, and you have to be able to do that. Keep some of that together as well as add new pieces and add the best places to have the best chance to be able to continue the success that they've had so far. Yeah, I I think you nailed it. Right. I think retention of the freshman class is so important to this group. Uh, the benefit for Penn State is they were going to be flipping over a bunch of these guys anyways, even right, had right. uh, Micah stayed. Transfer portal is a, a very powerful thing, right? They can go rebuild this quickly. This does not have to be a bottom of the Big Ten team next year. Uh, and I think uh, expecting that would be essentially making excuses for both the next head coach and the administration, right? Like, And I don't think that is... Uh, I don't think that would be I think that would, that's the easy way out. Right. And and listen, this is a test for for Pat Kraft as an athletic director too. like make no bones about it. Like this is he came into a situation where the two revenue programs uh, at Penn State 
football and men's basketball had coaches that were succeeding, right? James Franklin had already signed an extension before Kraft got there. He was locked in for the long term, still is locked in for the long term, right? Like he is, Franklin is there as long as he wants to be there, essentially. Yeah. Um, Shrewsbury was, have, had, had success in the first year and then really ramped it up in year two. Mm-hmm. And Kraft was unable to keep him. Uh, and and honestly, this is this is probably a good time to pivot to word on campus here. Before we go there, John, I want to talk about. Uh, I know you you mentioned the, the transfer portal or portal, and you know obviously hiring in a new coach. And I you know I kind of for me I I went through the same thing. Obviously, there wasn't a transfer portal, right? And, and but I had the opportunity to leave because the coach uh, Ed Detellis left, and I had the opportunity to leave, but I didn't. And I think this goes back to what Shrewsbury said about Dredd and Lundy. When they got when a new coach came, they had the opportunity to leave, but they didn't. They stuck through it. They fought through it. They and, and if you believe it and you have a coach that comes in that actually has some faith in you as well, I believe that you should stay. Because the grass and you know what I've learned in NBA, overseas, wherever you want to play in middle school, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Just because you feel like, all right, I have a chance to leave and somebody offers you, I want to go, I can go to another Big Ten school, or ACC or whatever it is, another big school just to, you know, for the name. That's not the case. You've built some equity there. You've done what you need to do. And, and you know what I mean? And hard times make strong people, strong players. And in order to be a pro, in order to win in the NCAA tournament, you have to be tough. You have to go through adversity. And this is what the adversity is set for these guys, these young kids to be able to, what, are, what is your decision to go through? I'm not telling them that everybody should stay because I do believe even my take on a transfer portal, if you don't, if you, there, there is positive solutions in transferring and going to different places, but you have to do what's best. And you can't just up and leave when there's some type of adversity for you. When, okay, all right, Shrewsbury's gone. There's a new coach. Hey, man, get that. You know what I mean? Figure it out. Hear it out. What I, Pat did for me, Pat flew to Houston. He met my family. We sat outside. We talked. We understood what was going on. And, and, and he gave me my space to let me make the decision. And I made the decision to stay because obviously I love Penn State, I love Happy Valley. I had built equity, and I had just made it to the tournament. I wanted to do that same thing again. I had already put that in my mind and my goal that that was my goal was to do it again. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to do it. Injuries, team, whatever it may happen, but I, I, I wouldn't change my career for at all at Penn State. And these kids have to be able to go through that, and they have to make that decision on their own. But I can't. I, I, I hope they listen to this. If they do, I'm gonna make sure. I'm, I don't want to tweet any names, but these guys have to understand that adversity is there. And just because sometimes adversity hits because of uh, coaches leave doesn't mean, hey, let's uh, let's hop up and go somewhere else because t- uh, somebody else is telling me it's going to be better over here because that's not always the case. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point, right? Like, inevitably, they're transferring will be what's best for maybe, you know, some, some of these yes. guys. Yes. Uh, but I don't think it – I think you're right. I don't think it has to be the case for all of these guys, right? And, yes. And the other part of it is there is going to be a lot of opportunity at Penn State next right. year, right? Right, um, right. They're going to, these these guys, if they come back, will be playing a lot. Even if they make great portal additions, even if they make a great hire, these guys will play because they were good, right? Like, and, mm-hmm. and that, that yes. is important here. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I am, I'm always curious about how these things go when coaches leave. I don't, maybe I'm forgetting a, a recent time. I can't think of a, a team that kind of lost everyone, right? Like there is a world where Penn State is replacing 10 plus players. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, well, right? well, like, well. My year with the 2011, we literally we had seven seniors. We they all left. You know what yeah. I mean? So, and it was, and that was part of the reason I stayed as well because, like you said, this opportunity. Like I, obviously, I was playing. I was starting and playing already. But now it was opportunity. It was my team. There was no more Taylor Battle. 
Yep. There was no more Jeff Brooks. There was no more DJ Jackson. There was no more uh, Andrew Jones. They were gone. And it was and it was for it was the taking for me. And I and I wanted that. And for these guys, there's no more picket. There's no more funk. There's no more Lundy. There's no more dread. The opportunity is there. They're, like you said, obviously now because the transfer portal is easy to bring guys in left and right. They don't have to sit out. But hey, why not go for some competition? Because there are going to be guys that are going to be brought in. But you've already built equity. You are a good player. You believe in yourself. Go out there and compete and earn that spot and and be proud like you were this year to put on a Penn State jersey and try to take this team to different levels. And they can be a culture driver too, by the way, right? Those right. guys know right. the culture of what this program wants to yes. be. And they can be big-time culture drivers uh, and establish what the next group looks like because – for better and for worse, there are so many parallels between this team and that 2011 team that you were on, right? Like, make yeah. the Big Ten title game. Uh, this team obviously ends up winning the first-round game, but making the NCAA tournament and then losing your coach right after. Now, yeah. <laughs> we don't need to get into why Ed left. I think there were a lot of things at play there uh, that yeah. were not necessarily his doing. Uh, that was – you want to talk about lack of investment in the men's basketball program? Yeah. yeah. That's what happened in 2011, right? Like – uh, unfortunately for you guys, unfortunately for Ed, the university was not going to be helpful from that standpoint, mm-hmm. point blank period. I think that's different now. Uh, and I think, you know, Pat Kraft is willing to put money into the program as was you know evident based on the uh, Shrewsbury negotiations. Uh, but just to, to go back to what I was saying about the word on campus, the way this played out, I think is really fascinating, right? Mm-hmm. Because Mike Bray left Notre Dame in January. Um, Notre Dame was always going to be a threat for Micah Shrewsbury. Uh, he's from Indiana. You know, he's coached at IU South Bend. And that was the only place he was a head coach before, right? I think it was like 2005 or 2006. Um, there were always – there was always going to be interest from Notre Dame. Right. And I am under – Any school in Indiana. Yes, I any school any in Indiana. School in, yes, yes, absolutely. But, like, Notre Dame specifically, because it was already open, it was like yeah. – Like, you know mm-hmm. – uh, if I knew that information, I would venture to guess a lot of people should have known that information. I'll put it that right. way. Um, and that means Penn State had two months to plan for this, uh, two months to plan for Shrewsbury's potential departure or trying to keep him. Uh, I know there were contract negotiations. Uh, Micah, I don't believe, was directly involved in that. I think that was mostly agent stuff. But, that, I mean, that's generally how this stuff works anyways. Yeah. Uh, and at the end of the day, Penn State made a highly competitive offer. One that would have taken Shrewsbury over $4 million a year uh, from a salary standpoint. One that would have committed to the program, uh, you know, with with funding and, and other areas too. And he chose at the end of the day to go to Notre Dame. Um, and I, there, there are some little things that happen, right, that you wonder the impact uh, of maybe little decisions. Uh, and I saw Dave Jones from Penn Live had basically an exit interview with Micah. Um, he talked to him on the phone after he decided to leave for Notre Dame. And uh, Dave brought up in his story that Pat Kraft was at the NCAA wrestling championships and not Penn State's game against Texas. And listen, I don't I mean, it's a little thing, right? right? Like I said, like, does it really matter if the athletic director is not at the basketball game and is there where he's winning his first like title as an athletic director? I don't know. I know it doesn't look good, though. Right. Like, I know one of those two programs is making you money and it's not wrestling. Right. Like and. I, I often wonder how much like the little things kind of pile up and make it because part of what Micah told Dave was that people care about basketball at Indiana that, you know, he would get oh, like, yeah. stopped by people in the Bryce Jordan Center and they would ask to see his ID because they just didn't know who he was. Right. Mm-hmm. Like and that is the kind of stuff that like, I don't know that that would bother me 
uh maybe micah has thicker skin than i do but if that stuff kept happening if the athletic director wasn't at the second round game like again all of these things on an individual level they don't really matter they probably they might not have mattered to him even on a grand level but to me it would have felt like the straw that broke the camel's back if i were in his situation and i don't necessarily uh blame him for leaving right he wants to go home that's indiana's home to him i'm happy for him he was a, a I said before, I've gotten to know him decently well while he was here. He was excellent to me. He treated the media well. Um, he was he was always kind with his time and uh, was always forthcoming. <laughs> and I think that's not necessarily true with all college coaches, right? Like right. he, I think he has a hard time lying, which is why when you saw uh, he answered questions when I asked him at the Big Ten tournament and when Dave asked him again at the NCAA tournament about these connections to other jobs, he kind of just had a hard time not lying because I believe him that he didn't have negotiations. I'm fairly certain that his agent did uh but you know he had a hard time just outright denying it because it's not who he is and he's an honest guy uh but i do think like it's make or break time now for this program because what happened last time and this is you know not a shot at pat but they can't afford to go to a place like boston university and get a head coach and you know just hope that he turns it around right and like pat did well at boston university he earned a a bigger job right like i'm not saying he didn't yes but you have to invest and investing means more than paying a guy less than $2 million to take the job, right? It means putting real resources into the program. It means going after guys that you think you have no chance of getting like, and just taking the shot at it. Now everyone's bringing up Jay Wright from Villanova. I, I would be so floored if Jay Wright ever considered taking the Penn state job. I just want to get that out of the way. Now there's no need to even think about that, right? Like it's just, it's not going to happen. Point blank period. Uh, people are getting a little out over the skis with that one. But there are guys like Jerome Tang, who is having a ton of success at Kansas State, right? And Kansas State hasn't always put resources into its program. Maybe you can try and have a conversation there. Maybe he shuts you down right away and has no interest in it. Mm. But that's the kind of guy that you got to try for. Because, by the way, Jerome Tang is playing in a basketball game tonight because he's playing in the Sweet 16 with Kansas State when everyone left that program for dead, too, after last season, yeah. right? Like, yeah. he can turn it around quick. Uh, there, there are other sitting head coaches. I know everyone is talking about Matt Langle from, from Colgate. Uh Again, this is of no. This is not a shot at Matt Langle. I think he could potentially be a really good coach, but I would swing higher than that first, right? He's at Colgate. He's playing in the Patriot League and having a ton of success there the last five years. He's been there, I think, nine years and said five winning seasons in the last five years, making the NCAA tournament. You know, each of the last four times that it was played, uh, and you know, is doing a great job. But I would swing higher first. And if if Langle or, or Adam Fisher is your best candidate, then you should hire them. Uh, but I think this is Kraft has to swing. As, as high as he can right now. Like, he's got to go after sitting head coaches. There are assistant coaches I would target. Uh, I would personally be making a call to Sam Cassell, who is the assistant coach for the Sixers right now. Mm. Uh, you know, I that would I, I have no, no clue if he has any interest in coaching in college. But that would be a phone call that I would make, right? Because you have to try, and you have to keep swinging. You have to have these conversations. So I think Penn State's got to swing big here. Otherwise, you're risking going down a path again where it's maybe you're looking at another decade before you make it again. I, yeah, it's two things. I, I about craft and, and you know the wrestling thing, and I understand it. You know, like you, it's little stuff, and you know, I mean, maybe it's not big to where it really affected Shrewsbury's um, Shrewsbury's choice, because obviously, you know, obviously we'll talk about that. But I do believe that it, there should have been little things that should have been done. Like you understand, like even we think about players that are free agents. Like I, I speak on the NBA, like the free agents. You're not 
you're going to do whatever's power to be able to make sure that they feel that they're they're wanted and they're going to be that you're going to do the things that make that that they feel right. That's going to help them for the upcoming years. And, I, and I, like you said, I believe this is all speculation. It's just my thought process. Obviously, I'm not behind closed doors and you, you obviously have a closer relationship with the program than I am because you're there. But I don't believe that they did that. I think they waited it out. I think I think shoes made and a team made a hell of a run and then they tried to come in at the end and try to make like well you know what we didn't believe you're going to do it but you did it hey what can we do and that's not the case you can't kick somebody down and then hey um they make a game winning shot and i was like oh he's the best player in the world like no you can't do that like that they should have been you know i'm not doing whatever's best for the program because obviously it's not necessarily about shrewsbury but at the end of the day do whatever was best for the program and they should have been more invested and the team and they should have this is not something that's just happening this year or last year this has been forever you know what i mean we've always said that you know we that the resources that are there they're there and obviously the power five conference so you know I mean, i'm not knocking the facilities and things but can they be better facilities yes can you have your own basketball arena yes can you do right now with the NIL? Can we do something more for the basketball program with the NIL? Yes, we can do these things, but we don't because we feel like, hey, you know what? We are basically, I, I look at it, they, I, I believe, and I think, feel like they looked at this season as, hey, man, this is, we shooting for the moon. Like, this is a win-win for us. If we don't win and we don't play well, you know, we got Shrewsbury at a contract, whatever like that, and, you know I mean, that we don't have to max him. If he does take us to higher places, hey, we can keep him. And I felt like they felt like they could always keep him and he was in the pocket. And that wasn't the case. And I feel and I and I'm upset about that and I feel bad for that. Because I feel like this program with him could could go more places because he's like what he's done in the two years. And he, yeah. you know, he's definitely put in the work and he's shot up. You know, what I mean he's done not no not that pit whatever Pat did and what Ed did before. They they did a good job as well. But you know, what Shrewsbury did right now, he's he's put it put us on the map from what they needed to be for what this program need to be. And the only way to do that, and if you look at history with old with coaches that have been in programs for a long time that have done it, it's the consistency of NCAA tournaments. And you can't keep changing coaches every two years, every four years, and thinking that that's going to happen. So, I, like, I'm, I'm very upset about that. But I do believe that, hey, if they believe it, and I'm not and I'm not saying what you, you know more that they did match the contract or whatever it may be, but you have to go out and do to give that same money to someone else. If you really want to do that, you can't go down. Well, you know, we lost Shrewsbury. Let's knock it back down to a 1.5 and have or what 1.5 or two and have the Penn State coach be the lowest in the Big Ten, because that was the same thing with Pat. That was the same thing with Ed. They were the lowest coaches in the Big Ten, if not if not the lowest. And you can't expect them. Hey, like, well, you know what? We'll bring them in. It's a trial error. It's like it's the it's the safe route. And like you mentioned earlier, they're, they're going with the safe route. And right now, this is not the time to go the safe route because we just. We just made it to the tournament, knocked off one, got to the second one. We could be this close to being to the Sweet 16. Let's go ahead and swing for the horses. Like you said, go make those calls. Why not even go for the call? Go for the coach at Texas, which I think they'll probably, re, you know, I think they're going to resign oh, him. He, he's, he's already been. And so here, this yeah. is, uh, I can add a little insight to this. Like Rodney Terry, yeah. the interim head coach at Texas. Yeah. Penn State does have interest in him on some level. I yeah. don't know what that interest is. I don't know that Texas is going to bring him back. Uh, mm. I'm trying to think of how to word this. Uh I think they they will try to swing bigger first. I think Rodney Terry's a good coach and would be a good coach at Penn State, yeah. but this is Texas at the end of the day. Right? Yeah, Texas yeah, yeah. likes to to yeah. do everything big. Uh, but I do want to touch on something you said uh, that mm-hmm. I think is really important, and that they you sort of said how about it was too late, and that's what happened, right? Like they they did yeah. too little, too late. Uh, and and I I don't know that they ever doubted Micah, but I do think they may have underestimated how quickly he could get this going, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And once they started playing well at the end of the season, then they tried to ramp it up, and then it was too late, right? Like, they didn't wait to the NCAA tournament or anything like that. Yeah. But late February is too late still. And they, you know, to their credit, because of the resources they were willing to dedicate to it, had a chance to keep him. He didn't stay. And at some point, like, you know, all things being equal, I'm not all that surprised he chose to go back home uh, financially and everything like that. Uh, even with NIL not being, I don't, I don't think, great at either school. I'm not as well-versed with Notre Dame's NIL situation, but I believe it's not great. Um, so I, I do think, like, they put effort in. And, and to give, you know, Kraft some level of credit, we talk about the, the history of, you know, not investing. It seems, and we'll find out more when they make the hire, but it seems that they're willing to invest in this program. They were definitely willing to invest in Shrewsbury in this program. Yeah. Uh, I think they need to invest in the rest of it, though, too, like even if he's yes. not there. And, you know, you know, like you said, the funding for the head coach position, pay whatever you have to pay to get the guy that you want. And if it's not as much as you were going to pay Micah, don't just pocket that money. Don't put it somewhere. Right. Don't put it in a different sport. Put that money right. into facilities. Put it into yes. the assistant coach salary pool, right? Put it into adding new positions within the basketball program. Like, give it to basketball. Make sure that their budget is as high as it was going to be under Shrewsbury next year. Yeah. Otherwise, you're destining yourself to uh, us having a conversation in 2034 about them making the NCAA tournament again for the first time in 11 years. Right? Yeah. Point blank. Like, they can – Penn State gets to make the choice here. That's the nice thing, right, for, for them as a program because they have the money, because they have the means to do it. They get to make a decision. They can have a good men's basketball program or they can have a bad one. And yeah. at the end of the day, it's their call. Uh, and I think I, I personally, I enjoy covering better teams more. It's more fun. I had a yes. great time and, you know, I, I was, uh, I, my wife told me it was funny. Had they made the sweet 16, I would have spent most of March on the road, like more yeah. nights in on the road than at home. Cause I was in Chicago from Wednesday to Monday. I, I got home at 1am Tuesday, 26 hours later on Wednesday, flew out to Des Moines, Iowa, was there for five days, right? Like that is fun. Like that is the travel is fun. Yes, it's exhausting, but it is fun. And like you get to cover a good team and I would like to keep covering good teams. Uh, I think it's that special. Could, it's, yeah, it's special. And, that, and like, you, March is special and it's special yes. for a reason because with, for good teams, it's very special because, you know, you don't know where you're going to go. You don't know how who you're going to play. It's right. so special because and the better teams that are in March, they take off and they have the success to where, you know, now we're hanging believe signs in the locker room with we, we Ted Lasso. You know what I mean? We're doing Listen, this. Listen, I love me some Ted Lasso. I know other people thought New that was corny. <laughs> oh, I already watched first episode. Rest assured. That was the first thing I did when it came out. But it's like, I mean, it's fun. Like, I remember, like, when we went in 2011, we were like, all right, man, we're, we're in Arizona. We were, we were in, yeah. in Tucson. So we like, man, hey, there's no way we're going back to school. If we win this, yeah. we win the next one. We stand here. We're going to be on it. We packed. We literally packed right. for, you know, two weeks because we, we believed. And we was like, hey, there's no way. Let's go ahead and enjoy this as much as we can and try to get as many wins as we can. But, but John, I want to, I want to, let's revert back because I wanted to make sure that, you know, especially if we, that I had to talk about the, the Shrewsbury decision. And that, you know, I, I saw stuff in, in, on the social media saying he did wrong and this is his fault. And he basically said, hey, he wanted to bring this program up. And now the first chance he gets, he's going to leave. And that's yeah. not the case. Miss me with that's all that the, shit. Honestly. Yeah, I, I, just I agree. I, I agree. And, it, and it's terrible because nobody knows what this what he's obviously we spoke about how great of a person he is, how great of a coach he's in and how much he's put into this program. And if you don't, you you have to go where you feel wanted. Every time when high school people, high school players at high school, they be like, "Man, how did you make your decision to go?" I go, you go where you want it, and 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 what's the best situation for you? And the best situation for him was obviously Notre Dame wanted him, and they made it clear that they wanted him. And on top of that, he gets to go home, 
And going home is obviously better than anything. If somebody told me right now I go back home and play for the Houston Rockets, you think I'm gonna say no? I want to stay. I want to stay here. Like no, I'm going home. I want to be home. I want to be close to my family. I want to my my kids love this place. Like I and at the end of the day, like you said, Indiana is a basketball state. That's all it's about. And and if we wanted to make sure that to keep Shrewsbury, you have to do extra. You can't like I keep saying like you like we mentioned like oh Penn State Craft matched what Notre Dame. Why match? Go above well, so, and beyond. So to add a little clarity to that, Penn yeah, State. Yeah, please, please. I don't I don't really know. Yeah, yeah, please, yeah. please, please. Penn State was over the top at first, right? They went above what okay. Notre Dame offered. Notre Dame yeah. came back and matched it. Penn State went up again. Notre Dame matched mm. it again. That was okay. it. And like okay. you know, at some point like you can only go so high. Like the amount yeah, that Penn, yeah, yeah. I, I will say, I, listen, I have no problem being critical of Penn State as a critical of Penn State as a university, as an athletic department. I'm more than willing to be critical of any of these programs. It is my job mm-hmm. to to be uh, to think critically about and these it, things and think on a deep level about what they're doing, and how they operate and everything. But yeah. like they they were willing financially to invest in him. Again, the and question the is me, whether I, they do that moving yeah. forward, by the way. They yeah, John, I, don't, I, don't want, I'm not, I don't want to knock Kraft and say he no, didn't for do sure, his for job sure. yeah, or yeah. none of these things. Because, you know, I do believe, hey, this is a step up from what it's been. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, so these, whatever But it could get done, better. Yes. Again, we can't stay right here. Right now, we're here. Let's, let's go continue to raise this up on another level. And I think there's some things that could have been done differently. You can always go back and say that with, with Dutellis, with, with Chambers, you know what I mean, not with Shrewsbury. And, you know, there are things that could have been done different. But I, I do believe there's no reason to be upset at Shrewsbury. What he's done, he's done it in two years. You know, two he's years. done it in two and, years. And, and, and by the way, when no one gave him a chance to do it that quickly. Yes. No right. one gave and, – and I talked about all the time, one of the things I kept bringing up while I was at the Big Ten tournament, the NCAA tournament, I did not know many people who thought this program would make the NCAA tournament, oh, right? No. There was there were a couple of us beat writers, uh, myself and, and Daniel Gallon talked about it all the time. We thought they could do it, in part because we're around the program. We know that was their internal goal, right? We know they mm-hmm. thought they could do it. Uh, and, like, they know what they're talking about, and clearly they did. And then you and I talked about it in October. We thought they could do it. Nobody else had that kind of faith that they could do it. And it took him 23 months to make this an NCAA tournament team. He deserves all well, the credit well, in the world for I, He definitely does, but let's not knock that. Hey, I, I, we got to bring that Lamar team because they were no, an no, NCAA no doubt, tournament no doubt. team. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so, so. But even, so even still, went, like, that took, that took what, seven years yes, to get to that yes, point? Yes, seven, right? eight like, years, it took yes. a long time. Yes. And so I, I just think want to make sure that we had to, we had to get that because, you know I mean? I'm not yeah. sure we, when we'll do this again, but I want to make sure that, hey, man, Shrewsbury, he, he's done what he needed to do. You know what yep. I mean? As far as his program, he's put his program on the map. Could he, could he have stayed and, you know what I mean, continue to raise it? Yeah, maybe. Or maybe, could he go to Notre Dame right now, continue to change that and, and follow the Mike Bray and even be better? Yes. With his family at home? Yes. Can't knock that man for choosing what, what he thinks is best for him. And I said at, the, at this moment, he thought Notre Dame was best for him. So yep. I'm, I'm all for it. I, you know, again, I did, my perception and my um, reality of a Shrewsbury doesn't change by him leaving Penn State. Yes, I would like them to stay in the program. Yes, but I, that, that doesn't change. Yeah, and I, I think you doubt it, right? Like, and listen, this is going to be one of the most pivotal off seasons in the history of Penn State men's basketball, right? Because either it is pivotal, pivotal because they take the step forward and they invest, or they take the step back and it's pivotal because they decide that they're never going to care about men's basketball. I tend to yeah. think that they will prove that they care and that they will make a decision that really sets them uh, in a good place moving forward. We will see. There will be plenty to discuss in the coming months. Right. There's there's and well in the coming days, potentially hours, days. You know, how quickly yeah. this moves. Right. Like this is. Well, I, I hope it's not. Happen. I hope it's not 
next day or so unless you it'll, know, they it'll be a like home run yeah listen listen you know what's going to happen right i said this so i i had worked like 25 26 straight days because the travel and everything yeah. and uh i came home on monday sunday monday whatever day it was and i just like wanted to take a couple of days off i couldn't until yesterday right and i scheduled a tea time because i just wanted to golf with some friends <laughs> yesterday i scheduled that tea time for three fifteen. i pre-wrote a story because i had a feeling of which way things were leaning yeah. i pre-wrote to be fair i pre-wrote two stories but i did like put a little more effort into the one because i had a feeling of which way things were leaning um and i you know my gracious editor was like yes go golf someone will publish this someone will edit it when it happens you do what you want to do and i was about to tee off on the 13th hole and i look at my phone and he was gone <laughs> and i was like i knew it was, and by the way like an hour earlier when i was like on the seventh hole seth lundy announced he was entering the draft and so it was yeah. like, of course, all of this stuff happens while I was, you know, finally trying getting a day, a day off, off and trying to golf. So I'm sure as soon as this episode publishes, there will be an announcement because of the way these <laughs> things work with timing. Uh, but I think I think that's a good place to leave it. There's like I said, yeah. there's going to be plenty to talk about here. You can find uh, the nitty gritty wherever you're listening right now. You can find it on YouTube at Beyond Big Ten. You can find it on Snapchat or on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter at Beyond the Big Ten. You can find Tim on Twitter at TimPhrase23. You can find me on Twitter at John Sauber and my writing at CenterDaily.com. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.